This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Warning, the following broadcast contains adult language, adult content, frank safety discussions, and stories that might sound unbelievable. But believe me, every one of those stories is true. We didn't start the safety war, but we are going to fight to win it. For our families, for our communities, for our workplaces, and for our lives. The safety war starts now. Since I seem to be fascinated by this biological safety stuff, always have been, like with the ongoing polio, monkeypox, COVID-19, and new biological threats like tomato flu. I'm going to be doing periodic episodes specifically on this stuff. So stay tuned. We are going to make some major announcements in the very near future. So let's talk about polio. As a reminder, this is a local issue to me with national significance. It's hit the national news several days, and I want to stay ahead of it, or at least with it. And you've heard it here first, in all likelihood, if you're a regular listener, before it really made uh, big national news. The one identified victim lives one town over from me, and the sewage indicates that there are likely hundreds of people who have polio in my town, in New York City, and now in upstate New York. So this is from the New York City Department of Health. Essentially, they're urging immunization and warning of expanding community spreads. And polio has now been detected in four wastewater samples collected in July and August in Sullivan County. And it's linked to the polio case in Rockland County, where I live. And also, wastewater samples in Rockland, Orange, and New York City had already provided additional evidence of local transmission and circulating polio that can cause paralysis. And they're urging everyone to get immunized with this. And the article goes on, this is from the news release, no, the normal stuff, right? One polio case is too much, and goes on and on. But, so no, uh, I always assumed there was close to 100% vaccination, but apparently the more common number is somewhere in the 80 and 90% range, and most cases, fortunately, do not result in paralysis or really anything major than a common cold. But again, I would not even want to run the risk of uh, polio and getting paralysis. If we recall our former president, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, he basically, in three days, he developed polio. From He was on his boat. One story I've read, he was on his boat. He fell off the boat into the water without warning, without really any reason. The next day, he was a little bit sick. The third day, he got sicker fourth day he was paralyzed right from the uh, waist down so this is like a major deal here uh and he was a young young and healthy man the monkeypox or as many people are calling it moneypox some good news at least in the u.s right monkeypox appears to be declining at least according to uh rochelle walensky from the centers for disease control she is cautiously optimistic about the direction of the outbreak, especially in previously identified epicenters like New York, Chicago, and San Francisco. There 
attributing this to vaccinations and behavioral changes. But globally, it's been reported that monkeypox transmission has dropped by 21%, with, as of this weekend, a total of somewhere around 41,000. Any decline is good, but as we learn with COVID, this stuff varies from week to week or even day by day, and you can't really hang your hat on these changes until you get longer-term trend lines thrown in there. Now, with COVID-19, there's just a little bit too many developments on COVID-19 that we could even talk about. But what caught my eye were two situations. There was a uh, uh, court decision from the U.S. Uh, court of Appeals last Friday, that, and it's today it's Monday, August 29th, that a workplace safety regulator cannot be forced to adopt a permanent rule requiring health care. That regulator is OSHA. So uh, a little bit of background here. OSHA has issued a temporary rule last year that expired or lapsed in December. And as we all know that there are time limits to make a temporary rule final, OSHA missed the deadline and stated will no longer enforce the temporary standard. So they, uh, some labor unions went, and I'm not going to give my opinion one way or another. It's just the fact is that uh, some unions are out there uh, and they sued OSHA saying, hey, we want a permanent rule to protect our membership, right? That's understandable because a lot of employers, especially in the construction industry, are pretty loosey-goosey here. And a lot of the places I go, now they have signs saying, this is what we are going to do. And then you go there and you everything else and you look and guess what? They're doing nothing. Right, it's all for show. It's, of course, what we call the safety show. So, back during the beginning of this, right, and middle of this thing, I kept tabs on COVID statistics daily. And I really did not, uh, you know, uh, looked into it because it's very depressing. But as of last Friday, according to the New York Times, there have been between 93 there are 93.9 million COVID cases in the United States and 1.04 million deaths. So basically, if you have this illness, one in nine people will die. But as you know, one death is too many with this. Right now, the reported number of deaths is in the hundreds a day, and new cases are averaging in the you know, high 80s, 90,000, close to 100,000 per day. That in comparison with the United Kingdom, which has had 205,000 total deaths and 23.5 million total cases. Worldwide, there have been 605 million plus cases, 6.5 million deaths, and almost another 580 million recovered. So this is pretty consistent where 1 in 9, 1 in 10 people are going to uh, die from this illness if you get it. Now, just when you thought it was safe to go outside, we now have a thing called the tomato flu. So this is an emerging illness that's uh, uh, related to the Koksaki virus, which is not, again, not too far away from where I live in New York. Koksaki, New York. And Koksaki also is famous for two things. One that being named after, uh, they had a virus named after, the Koksaki, Koksaki virus. I can never say that. And that's the common 
pan for the mouth disease you normally see in uh, uh, daycare settings and with younger children. And it's related to this tomato flu is related to the Kosaki virus in terms of transmission. It's basically a hygiene issue with young children. The tomato flu is uh, identified with red sores along with all the other flu symptoms that we're familiar with. So if you've ever had the flu, you know how that feels. But it's red lesions all over the place, uh, all over the body. The virus has been identified in less than 100 children in India under the age of 5. But since the powers that be, meaning the government, uh, you know, they believe it might be more than this. And it's very similar to the Coxsackie virus. And no one has died yet, thank God, with that. In the professional safety community, communication and planning are just a few keys to your program's success. The question many practitioners have is, where do I start? Dr. Jay Allen, the creator of the Safety FM platform and host of the Rated R Safety Show, has built a global foundation to help you along the way. Go to safetyfm.com and listen to some of the industry's best and most involved professionals, including Blaine Hoffman with the Safety Pro, Sam Goodman with the Hop Nerd, Sheldon Primus with the Safety Consultant, Jim Pozell with Safety Wars, Emily Elrod with Unapologetically Bold, and many others. As individuals, we can do great things, but as a team, we become amazing. Dial into safetyfm.com today and surround yourself with a powerful force of knowledge and support. But this is one uh, that you need to keep track of. I was listening today on the way home from one of our training classes. I was teaching an eight-hour Haswaffer refresher. Right? If you think Haswaffer is new uh, sandwich at Burger King, you got another thing coming. Uh, they uh, what the long-term psychological impacts of a lot of these illnesses are talking about the lockdowns, talking about ritual. Uh, I was listening to a program on Sirius XM tonight on rituals and how important they are for the human psyche. If anything, just to give people a sense of belonging, give people a sense of togetherness and when you, and community, and when you don't have these things, societies start to break down. That's when you get into uh, uh, mental health issues. That's when you. So, for example, the uh, one of the uh, observations from this anthropologist, and I did not get his name, was that people were dying from COVID, and we had no funerals. And it's almost like you don't realize that the person died because you didn't go to a funeral or a wake or anything else that you normally go to in a funeral. I can appreciate that. Uh, with the monkeypox, a lot of people, uh, because there are sexual activities, uh, have not have either been refraining from those sexual activities or not dealing with people at all because of monkeypox. And uh, 
that coupled with the extreme pain of the illness, the illness is extremely painful, uh, people are having mental health issues with it. Not going out for months, at, run out two months at, uh, here. Uh, no, only for the necessity, they, they're in self-imposed lockdown and quarantine. People who have the illness, they don't want to go out and have the sores on them, and then that indicates that they may be contagious and everything else. A lot of bad things are going on when you isolate people and when you socially isolate people. That's why it's always such a uh, uh, big deal here with mental health and having a sense of community, community, things of that nature. Uh, talking to someone through a computer screen or anything does not really equate for a lot of people, and I'm one of them, for person-to-person contact. So uh, what's the big deal with all this stuff? What's, what am I, what's my point? we got to continue to have empathy towards people. We have to realize that, hey, this illness might be in India, or this monkeypox may only be in one community in the United States or one demo- uh, demographic group. But remember, like with the AIDS uh, epidemic, I remember, right? Oh, well, what do we care? This is only with the gays, with specifically gay men that this is impacting back in the 19, early 1980s. What do we care? Well, before you know it, now there's reports of it getting into the regular population just through casual contact and through uh, casual uh, uh, things. I mean, you know, li- living arrangements, working with people, that sort of thing. So, for example, uh, this is an article coming off of the BBC here. Monkeypox patients should avoid pet contact. Uh, by the reporter is Jim Reed. And uh, this is being used under fair use, right? Monkeypox patients should avoid contact with their pets for 21 days because this stuff is being, uh, monkeypox is being spread through pets, it turns out. There was a report of a dog and uh, uh, transmission and, and no, those different animals. So far, and this article is from uh, uh a little while ago, so far 106 people in the UK have been confirmed in, as infected with the virus. Like I said, this is from the beginning of the summer. But they're calling out is that gerbils, hamsters, and other rodents could be particularly susceptible to the disease and the concern it can spread in the animal population. So if this spreads in the animal population, now we could have a nice different vector there of transmission. Because everybody likes to pet the dogs, everybody wants to play with the gerbils, everybody wants to do things with other pets, play fetch and everything else. Guess what? Uh, there, now we were talking a different vector, a different way of spreading this stuff, especially if it gets into pets or other rodents. Let's say it gets into wild rodents like mice, and now you have a f- semi-feral cat, eats the mouse, now you're at risk. So what's the deal? Uh, According to the European Center for Disease Control, they said that rodent pets belonging to monkeypox patients should ideally be isolated in monitor facilities and tested for the disease before their quarantine period ends. 
And, you know, if this stuff comes down with monkeypox, if these animals, then they should be euthanized. That's a horrible thing. So, something to think about here. We think that it's only one community, but it could be many different communities that this could spread into. And we have to treat this, my opinion, Jim's opinion, this needs to be treated with a lot of seriousness. Any of these illnesses that we discussed today, polio, COVID, uh, tomato flu, keeping an eye on that. So let me uh, pass along this little thing. I had a conversation today at our training class this afternoon where there are still people who are up in arms over COVID and the COVID policies. Uh, and right now there's not a lot of policy enforcement going on out there. People are still upset over it. It's uh, very disheartening. For Safety Wars, this is Jim Polzel. Is your safety training old, stale, and hackneyed? Is your safety trainer still preaching a warped version of behavior-based safety? How about safety training that actually addresses your hazards in your workplaces and is not standardized baloney from 25 years ago? Contact the Safety Wars team at safetywars.com or call Jim Polzel at 845-269-5772. Remember, if you're receiving this message, you are the solution to unsafe workplaces. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.